Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled mompreneur who hits snooze until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned how to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can learn how to stop picking at your kids' leftover food, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of the to-do list so you go to bed feeling fantastic about your day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman. This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Carol Perlman, and thank you so much for joining me for another great episode. I have with me today, Susie Carpenter, and I'm excited to tell you all about Susie's line of work. Susie is the co-founder of a company called Saver by Susie, and she's going to tell us all about their product line and why they tie into or how it ties into a really important mission, which is so consistent with the work that I'm doing. So I'm so glad Susie and I found each other on Instagram, I think it was. Um, So welcome, Susie. Thank you, Carol. Great to be here. Looking forward to chatting. in our introduction to each other, it just was really exciting to see how much we have in common. So uh, I hope the listeners will resonate with a lot of the things that we talk about today because, uh, you know, my heart is in that space and, and I know yours is as well. So it's, yeah. it's so great to be here. And we're having a snow day here in New Jersey, actually. So it's kind of cozy. <laughs> yeah, we are too here in Massachusetts. So much snow. It, it's a great day to be inside and recording. So Let's start. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get into this work and how did you get to this product that you now are making? Great. Absolutely. So Saver by Susie is our current uh, name. We switched our logo and our product name a few months ago. But so when I say, when did we start? Um, We started out as Saver Street. Some of our bags are still labeled Saver Street. In 2019, we developed a product, which is a grain-free pretzel line. And we are using cassava flour and milt flax and fava bean protein. It's a very clean panel, allergen-friendly, no nuts. Um, So, But the reason why we got into it was because we have two daughters, and one of them was diagnosed with celiac disease back in 2002. So we adopted a gluten-free lifestyle for her to help with her symptoms. She had some pretty severe GI symptoms and it was a, it was a complete, you know, uh, educational process around what is gluten and what is it in and reading labels and calling companies. Cause there really wasn't a lot of internet at that point in time. So it kind of became the food police for, for a while having to kind of control what went into her body and what didn't go into her body. Um, and that journey taught me so much, um, not just about, food and how it impacts us. But I, what I did was I decided to become her partner and, and go on a grain-free diet with her. And that was around 2005. The doctor had recommended the specific carbohydrate diet. And it was really a powerful experience to become her partner because I felt in my own body what was happening when I ate certain foods and I have autoimmune disease. And, and so it was, it was very fitting that I take some inflammatory foods out of my own diet. So that's really how, um, you know, our passion around what we do comes from. 
And I had to just jump in and say, there is nothing more powerful than a mom's mission to help her kid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, yes. Any, any mom out there would agree. I imagine it's, it's really, um, as I said, back then there wasn't, I was alone. There was not a lot of people doing what I was doing. Um, there was a group of moms that we got together. We called each other Dr. Moms because we were, you know, doing this, all these like science experiments with our kids. But, um, you know, it, it really, I had it on, you know, I felt very strongly that I really wanted to give her every opportunity to be herself. And I could just see she wasn't herself. She also has autism. So that complicated matters because there's all kinds of behaviors that go along with that and sensory issues and whatnot. But what I really learned was that there, that food can be, you know, a trigger, it can harm or heal us. And so for her, she had about 25 or almost 30 food triggers. And if she ate those foods, it just triggered her behavior and she would just get nasty. And then if we took them away, you know, she would be a much happier person. So I started to teach her and say, like, how do you feel with that? What happened when you ate that? Um, and I, cause I didn't want to be the food police, even though in the beginning I was, I was so neurotic in the beginning. So, um, transitioned over several years, uh, you know, into that space of trying to teach her how things are impacting her so she could make decisions and feel it herself. And that has carried her through to this day because she will still, she can now drive a car, go to the grocery store and buy things. And she doesn't go out a lot. She doesn't have a lot of friends, but she does buy her own food and she'll buy a bag of you know, Swedish fish or something. Um, and it will make her really irritable. So anyway, you know, that journey really is, is why we launched Saver Street and now Saver by Susie is because we wanted to create a product line that wasn't just gluten-free, wasn't just grain-free, but that tasted really good and that people would enjoy, the whole family would enjoy. And so, my husband, that was on his heart for a long time because he was in the business, is in the business of manufacturing the product. And so he said, I need to create a gluten-free product for my family. And so he invested, we invested in a dedicated gluten-free line in our factory and we make gluten-free products for other people. And we also make our product line, which is certified gluten-free, also allergy, you know, nut-free, um, peanut tree, nut free, sesame free, uh, top nine free, you know, amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. And like I said, it tastes, it tastes like a, a pretzel. It's the best pretzel you've ever tried is, is, is one of our taglines. Cause it really does. And we're hearing that from people. So I have to chime in. I'm going to tell you what I said before we recorded that Susie was kind enough to send my family some samples and I didn't tell my kids where they came from. And, you know, they're very sensitive to me trying to push, you know, Uber healthy foods on them and they love them. And I, they said, mom, those pretzels that you got were really, really good. And we all liked them. I tried them. We all liked them. And they, you know, they don't taste like cardboard. They're like really tasty and good. Yeah. I'm super proud of our team. We have a phenomenal team that spent a lot of time with R and D on the ingredients, on the baking process, because baking gluten-free for any moms out there, people out there who have to, you know, bake this way, it's hard um, to get the texture, right? There's, there's obviously a lot of things on the market today, mixes and things like that, that are, that are helpful, but um, so I'm super proud of our team. They did a phenomenal job. And then I got to work in my kitchen to develop some flavors because we wanted to try to create something that was like a home, homey feel. And also like, I think of it almost like a meal, even though snacks aren't a meal, but people are so on the go that to grab something that, that satisfies you, doesn't make you feel sick and almost makes you feel like you had a meal because of the the way in which we 
use the spices. So we have mm-hmm. a roasted garlic and herb and another one that we call a little bit spicy. And I just took a lot of the spices I cook with all the time and tossed the pretzels with some, um, high lakes, uh, sunflower oil. And it just, you know, it just, it's like, it's like, um, a salad, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. Uh, so that was a ton of fun as well is to, to create flavors that were unique to, again, what we make and our family loves and Kelly, our daughter, uh, that I mentioned earlier, and the reason, you know, for our, our, our product line, she helped me with that process. Mm-hmm. I would try different things. I'd say, try this, try this, you know, because she's super picky and she, she has as much stake in this as I do. And she, um, so our mission as a, one of our missions as a company is to employ autistic adults and to empower them to feel a part of the community and to feel that they can make a difference too, because we all have that right. And we all have that ability and we all yeah. have that gift. Yeah. So we, we really, that's important to us. So I love this theme of agency and, and, um, you know, using your own control. So I want to go back to something you said earlier, which was that in the beginning you had to be the food police and, you know, you were the one who did all the research and had to find these options for your family. But I'm curious to hear a little bit more about how you transitioned to the stance of empowering your daughter to make the choices and how you changed your language, because I think that's so important. And I know I talked to a lot of people, you know, it's hard enough to make changes for yourself and then to try to help your kids make changes and your kids. And as they get to be teenagers, they don't want to be told what to do. You know, when they're three, you can, you can totally control what's going on in their plate, but when they get older, they don't want to be told what to do. And, you know, I know a lot of parents, a lot of moms are really mindful of not setting the stage for later um, eating disorders, you know, by trying to exert too much control. So how did you strike that balance and transition to a place where you helped her to feel empowered? Yeah, it is a fine line. I think, um, especially for, uh, I felt, uh, you know, growing up in a family of five girls and two of my sisters having had eating issues, you know, I, I was very sensitive about that. I did not make her sister go gluten-free when Kelly had to go gluten-free. I did not make the whole family go gluten-free. We still had Oreos and goldfish in the drawer. God bless Kelly. She mm-hmm. didn't eat them. If she did, I would have had to, you know, impose that on the whole family. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, the individual and the, and the power of choice and feeling into things. Um, it's kind of my parenting approach was always sort of wanting my kids to feel things and see things for themselves not to do something just because I told them they should do it as their mother. So that's kind of, I guess, the big, big part of that. And it was the same thing with, for example, for anyone out there that knows or has a child with autism, it was the same thing with therapies. I would get extremely frustrated with some of the therapists that worked with her, whether it was ABA or speech or occupational therapy around them trying to control an outcome or control her. And she's exceptionally sensitive. Like she feels that and she just is like, I'm not doing it because you're telling me to do it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that 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 was a big part of the motivation was A, who I am, B, who she is, you know, and and C, really wanting a sustainable long-term outcome that she could could handle herself. Um, So tools and tricks and tips were really, like I said, kind of getting her to feel it. Mm -hmm. And the teachable moments are so... I think we can't take those for granted when you have a teachable moment, you know, something happens and you're, you can use that not in the moment because in the moment it's too heated, usually yeah. with, with, with children, especially one on the spectrum, but you can take that experience and kind of file it in your back pocket and go, okay, I'm going to come back to that in an hour or two or whenever, you know, they're calm and we can have that conversation. So that ability to just 
you know, communicate is key too. And that's not always easy with someone with autism because they may not be able to communicate. So, so it's almost like you have to let them fail or stumble and, and, um, kind of do the unwanted behavior so that they can see the consequence. And then later when things calm down, then you can go back and help them connect the dots and say, like you had this food and this is how you felt and this is how you reacted. So what do we want to do about that moving forward? Yeah. So I used a mantra. I'm big on mantras. I used a mantra with her that's called eat to be your happiest self. I think it's even on our website. Um, oh, I be- love that. Yeah. Because I would say, you know, so for example, citrus was one of her triggers. So she'd say, you know, mom, can I have that grapefruit or can I have that orange? And before, prior to that, she was like an orange juice lover and we took it away because of the citrus, you know, intolerance. And so, you know, Fast forward two years later, mom, can I have this grapefruit? Can I have this orange? And I'd say, what do you think? You want to try? And she'd say, yeah, I want to I have that. So she'd have it. And literally, like, she could throw a chair. She could scream her head off and cry um, at five to 15 minutes after eating the grapefruit. And so, you know, later I would say to her, you know, when she calmed down, do you see what happened? And so we kind of, like, rewind and revisit what happened. And I'd say, do you think that was you? You know, do you were you really that upset about something which there was nothing or do you think it's possible that that grapefruit made you you know made you angry um and so i just kept doing that with her and she'd go i had to learn that first to be yeah. honest right i had to learn that first in the very beginning i it was me doing the trial and error and going oh my gosh yeah okay i believe this i believe this i believe this and then once i had it ingrained in me that i knew that's what was happening then i could say okay I have to make sure she, she sees this like I see it because yeah. it's her body, not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I got to be somewhat of, um, I don't know what you would call it, but, um, that became sort of my secret sauce, uh, because I did do some health coaching actually for almost 10 years with clients and I could see things that they couldn't feel. And I couldn't just say, Oh, by the way, you should go, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, right. they needed to feel it for themselves, but it just became so clear for me. Mm-hmm. And it was a gift, you know, for me, not always easy, as you said, to translate to other people, but, um, I believed in eat to be your happiest self. And we would just, I would just say that over and over again, like what makes you feel like Kelly, what makes you feel the happiest? When do you, when do you feel like the smartest, whatever your kid is into fastest, smartest, you know, uh, again, happiest, like, you know, you're able to do whatever better when you eat this way, you know, cause they want to feel success, yeah. whatever it is that they're excited about. Would you ever try to do the reverse, like catch her in a good moment and then work backwards and say, Hey, you know, I saw you were really focused. Let's look back and see what you had for lunch before that. That's a, that's a great question. Um, we do talk about that where I'll say, you know, more recently, um, of course, getting through Christmas candy canes, for example, like she got a little foggy. Um, and then the next day, like a couple of days later, she got, she got real perky. And I said, Hey, Kelly, you seem really good today. You know, what do you think that is? And she goes, well, mom, I stopped eating the candy canes. <laughs> so um, I don't know that it would be so much, or yes, there's, there's so many, I feel like I'm trying to talk really fast because there's so much to talk about, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so exciting. Like, I love this conversation. Like I want to keep going, but yeah. um, there, you know, there's uh, supplements as well that we've incorporated into our lifestyle. And so if she takes the supplement, she feels much better, those kinds of things. So we'll say, oh, you, you seem really happy today. Or you seem really yeah, quick, like the brain fog is a big thing with her. So mm-hmm. if she, she can think really quickly and process faster, um, she's much happier. Mm. So, you know, 
it's a motivation to, it's, it's always about strategy, you know, right? How do you implement these things, whether your child's three or five or 10 or 15 or 25? Yeah. It changes as they age, but, you know, to empower them so she can say, okay, I'm going to write my list. Starts out with me having a list, you know, me having the checklist and eventually and then she has the checklist. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. I, I'm going to write down that mantra. I'm definitely going to use that with my kids. Um, and we'll put that in the show notes. I think that is such a good one. So, you know, you you shared with me some other powerful, healthy habits that you feel strongly about that you try to teach. Um, I love this one of trying to empower your daughter and shift the observations and connections that you've made onto her and let her really make those decisions for herself. So shall we go on to the next one that we want to talk about today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, well, I'm curious, you know, what comes to your mind. So the next habit that you shared with me was the idea of creating routines and breaking down goals into smaller steps. So can you say more about what you had in mind about that? Yeah. So, uh, I think whenever we feel overwhelmed in life, you know, whether it's a work project, a family, um, struggle or, you know, a pet, whatever, um, I think it can always help us to stop and just break down whatever we're trying to do into smaller steps day in and day out creating routines. You know, we know it's proven. Um, Gretchen Rubin wrote that book, um, right. What's it called? The habits book. Um, anyway, you know, it's, 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 it's scientifically proven that creating habits and routines is, is something that helps us to become better at yes. whatever it is that we want to do. So I just think a lot of people, sometimes I see this in, in certain people where they want to get to the end goal and they want to get there fast. You know, we want instantaneous, you know, success, right. Yep. You know, and so it's helpful, I think, to go, wait a minute, like, let's just start one step at a time and just say, okay, this is the routine that we're going to do. This is how we have to do it. So taking a goal and just breaking it into small steps is super, super, super important with autistic individuals. Yeah. I mean, they really, cause they get very overwhelmed. They have a hard time processing. So it's something again, that I really learned through working with Kelly is that, yes. you know, taking anything and saying, okay, and you have to break it into such tiny steps that you don't even think of each one yourself, mm-hmm. maybe. Cause incidentally, we just do things and know things that she might not know. So, but, you know, I think even, um, you know, for so many people who are going to be listening that that holds very true. You know, when you think about trying to help yourself or your family make nutritional changes. It's so overwhelming and it can feel really daunting. So the idea of breaking it down into smaller steps is really, really important. And just work on one change at a time. You know, you can't yeah, overhaul, yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sure when, when you get to that place of realizing, wow, gluten is a problem, you know, we need to get it out of a family member's life. You can't just the next day completely eliminate it. So I think you have to kind of coach yourself to slow down and say, okay, let's take it one step at a time, one, one habit at a time, one meal, one, one menu item at a time, and we'll get there over time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, again, tying back to the individual, you know, each individual has their own propensity to approach things in in the way that, you know, they sort of, that, that aligns with who they are and their personality. And so while this is my approach, it may not be for everybody. And I get that, but it, I think that's another component to this is do what feels right to you and what does align with your style and, you know, your, your type of your approach, um, and, and checking in on that too. Maybe my approach should be tweaked a little bit. Maybe I'm too forgiving or too patient. People would tell me that I was way too patient or way too forgiving. Um, 
and I don't regret any of it, but, um, could I have done more if I wasn't so much? So maybe, yeah. you know, but at the, at the same time though, you were talking to me about the next, um, the next tip, which is mm-hmm. slowing down and yeah. having presence with food. So as we talk about breaking things down into smaller, literally bite-sized pieces, how would you say that slowing down and being present ties into that? Yeah, I um, compliments to you, uh, Carol, for how you're flowing here because she's doing a great job here, flowing mm-hmm. from one to the next and, they're t- and tying them together. Um, so slowing down and being present with your food, you can start by just literally chewing, like you know, trying to chew your food 15 times before you swallow is one way to physically get present with your food just because you're actually forcing yourself to be with it for longer before it's going down into your digestive tract. So that's like a quick, easy way to kind of just slow down. And other ways, like before you even start eating, you can say a prayer, a blessing, um, you know, look at your food, appreciate where it came from, who made it, mm-hmm. um, what's in it, you know, evaluate it, like what's in it, what am I about to do? Um, and, you know, and then even the company you're in, you know, how that relates to how you slow down, right? You're able to have a conversation maybe with the person. Some I used to have clients that would tell me that their whole family just sat and watched TV when they were eating and she wanted to stop that. You know, there was no conversation. They were eating too fast, those kinds of things. So how we can incorporate, you know, different components is, is super helpful. And I think um, when we slow down, then we make that connection with our food. And that's where we start to feel more about how food's impacting us. So if we're yeah. able to slow down and be present with it, then you can actually then move, move into that space of really getting to know your body better, which is another one of them. So yeah. before we go on to that, I want to just add one more thing, which I've talked about on the podcast with other guests, this idea of slowing down throughout the day is really so huge. You know, we, I, I don't know anyone who won't, you know, when you say, how are you, they won't answer with busy, busy, busy. <laughs> you know, we all, we operate at such a fast pace. And so when it comes time for meals, if you have this goal of trying to be really intentional about the foods that you're eating and that your family is eating, if you go, 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 and then you're just trying to make meals on the fly, it's going to be a lot harder to be intentional with what goes into those, those meals. So even just slowing down and, you know, I'm someone who happens to believe in tracking food and really thinking about um, the ratios of food that you're eating from different food groups. So it's really important. It's an, an integral step um, of being successful with, with that is being able to slow down and think, okay, what did I have for, for breakfast? Have I had enough protein today? Do I want to make sure I get more protein on my plate with this? And it doesn't have to be, you know, taking an hour for that, but even just saying, take two minutes and just think. And I love what you said, look at your plate and appreciate it. And I've even had people talk about appreciating or kind of creating a more beautiful setting and take out a nice placemat and, you know, take out your favorite dish and really make it celebratory. Even if it's just a regular old lunch, you know, make it really beautiful and appreciate that. And that mindfulness. And I know you, um, this might've been offline that you were talking about going to IIN. Um, but I know they talk about, um, you know, appreciating part of feeling full is appreciating different sensory aspects of food. So the color, the taste and the texture, it's all going to compute in your brain and help you recognize that you're full and appreciate what you ate. So, yeah, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. If you, once you start to tap into it, I think there's almost no turning back, you know, and that's, that's kind of a cool thing about having a coach that can help you through those things. But Food energetics is a big deal. And in my family, energy is a big component of what we do and why we do what we do. Kelly's very big on energy. 
She's our fulfillment officer. She does uh, in charge of our order fulfillment for Saved by Susie. And she literally, every single package, she, she takes her hands and she puts good energy into it. Oh, I love that. When I'm at the factory, I bless the pretzels. I, st- I stand there and I'm like, you guys go out and do good in the world. Go out and, you know, <laughs> we're very, we are, we're very I love it. I love energy. it. And so um, when you start to connect, I mean, think about food, no matter where it came from, like cassava com- comes from a root vegetable. So when you think about like the sourcing of where our food's coming from and the earth and the mother earth and that connection that we have to that energy, it's like tree hugging, but your food hugging. Right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, the- it might, some people might say it's a little woo woo, but I totally don't think it is. And, um, I think it's worth trying. I think it's yeah. worth exploring and maybe having a, an experience where you're exposed to it helps. I used to teach cooking classes and that was really fun because I was very um, much into just, I did not have the perfect menu or the perfect recipe from start to finish. It was about getting in touch with the food, yeah, about getting in touch with the process. Um, so yeah, I love that. And another mantra of mine around that is that I use again with Kelly all the time and use with our team and myself, every single meeting, I say, let's be present with this. Mm-hmm. Let's be present with this, like feel into it. And so my mantra with Kelly started out with, there's no pressure, only presence. Mm. And when you think about it, pressure is an illusion. Pressure is something we think we have, you know, it's something we have to do this. We have to do that. That is based on, you know, um, stories that we tell ourselves or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you, when you think if, if you, again, like you were saying, people are running through their days. It's so busy, 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 busy. Um, it's hard to do that. And I get it. Um, I've been struggling this year with Graves disease and which is hyperthyroidism. And I've been like a crazy lady with that. And, um, I, I can appreciate more than ever how hard that is, but, um, the truth of the matter is that that's, that that's true. So, you know, the more we can kind of stop and tell ourselves, like, you know, even if the pressure is to lose weight, you know, the pressure is to eat more protein or, mm-hmm. to, you know, to be healthier, there, there can be pressure associated with those changes. Um, and the more we can be present with what our intentions are and what the growth is that we want to see or what we want to see more of in our life as ourselves, to me, that's a much more exciting way to approach the food than to just say, I need to have hundred calories, you know, uh, right. I know that works. I know yeah. that works for people and I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying, I'm not judging it. I'm just saying, I, I do think that that component is the most sustainable way to work through change. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, so you had talked to me about using breath work and meditation Mm. and yoga. So how do you tie that into your philosophies? So I wake up most mornings and, um, do yoga and meditation and journaling. Those are my three. Um, I wouldn't say I do yoga every day, but it's definitely three times a week. Um, so, but the journaling and the breath work is a daily bookends morning and night. I, when I wake up in the morning, I write down, you know, what my intentions are for the day, um, do some breath work. And then at the end of the day, I stop and say, okay, what was good about my day or what do I want to see different differently tomorrow? And again, do some breath work. Um, so that's, that's just for me, kind of how I tune in. Mm-hmm. So check out, you know, at the end of yeah. the day, so that I, I have, I have to ask you, have you ever read the book, the miracle morning? No. Oh my goodness. So, so we, we've only recently met, so hang out with me on social media and you will see, I write about this all the time and you and I are speaking a lot of the same language. Mm-hmm. Um, but the miracle morning is a book that talks about very similar routines and how you f- put these routines into place to start your day. And then he also talks about 
ending the day with some of them so that you're then set up to start the day. But um, just to give you a little, a little highlight, he breaks it down into an acronym called SAVERS. So it's silence, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, and scribing. So it's a lot of what you're talking about. So we haven't talked about scribing yet. So tell me a little bit about I know that's a big part of your day too. So yeah, um, so the, and journaling. And actually I started that. I mean, I always loved to write, um, you know, in, in, throughout my life. But uh, when I was at Integrative Nutrition in New York, uh, we had speakers come in and speak to us. And two of the ones that I distinctly, well, there was three that I remember distinctly, but one was Andrew Weil, who um, stood up on stage and I was right, I'm almost in the front row. And he was telling us how important breath work is. And he was doing us, teaching us the breath work. And I just remember being so impressed with that process and how, how it felt. Um, and the second was um, Marianne, um, what is her last name? I'm not going to be able to think of it now, but she invented this thing called the morning pages. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, what is her name? Um, we'll come back to it. We'll put it in the yeah. show. Okay. Anyway, she's great. So the morning pages is you wake up. And you just write. And mm-hmm. so I was literally commuting in and out of the city, going to classes, staying at my sister's in New Jersey. And I said the next day, even though I had to get up at five to drive to New York, I'm like, I'm doing it. I woke up like 15 minutes earlier, piece of paper and pen and just wrote, just wrote, you know, um, I think a lot of people have fear in my experience as a coach. A lot of people ex- expressed to me that they had fear around writing because they didn't want anybody to see what they wrote. Mm-hmm. So I would tell people when I write, you can't read what I wrote because it's scribble. I'm just like, right. It's not about going back and revisiting it and saying, you know, you know, what did I say yesterday? What did I say the day before? It's about the purging and the releasing. Mm-hmm. And once it's done, it's done. You can throw those papers away. Um, again, that's how I view it. But mm-hmm. for me, that's how it worked. If I was worried about somebody seeing it or worried about, you know, having to go back to it, again, that goes to pressure. And I don't want to feel pressure. I want to feel presence. So I, I, I stick to being present with it when I'm writing and that's, that's it. Then I'm done. And I throw my journals away every time they're, they're done. I just buy like a dollar or $2 books at Staples that are like on composition books. Yep. Right in those. And then I just throw them away. Yeah. I have a lot of my coach friends, um, do those same morning pages. I have a slightly different routine, but it, it achieves the same effect, but I've seen those morning pages just write, 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 no judgment. And, um, there really is something powerful about taking those thoughts. They swirl around in your head and they create a lot of feelings, but you're not always really clear about what the heck those thoughts even are. And then when you get them out through your hand, there's something very different. I say this all the time in the podcast. There's something very different about handwriting versus typing. So you take those thoughts from your head and out through your hand and it's really cathartic. Um, in fact, I have a book on my desk right now. It's called Expressive Writing by Penna Baker. And he's a famous researcher that some of my colleagues in grad school um, were studying and incorporating in our treatments for depression was having people do a lot of expressive writing. So I totally agree with you that there's a lot of power to it. Yeah. Well, you know, your hand's connected to your heart. Yeah. And so they say there is that connection. And I think that uh, I love I love what you said about um, that was my favorite podcast that I listened to so far of yours was the the new year. I forget which one it was specifically, but it was about writing about last year. Oh, you yeah. Know, the writing. Yeah. yeah, the reflections. Yeah. And so it, it's um, I think, you know, there, there's a lot of power to be had and in, in being able to go through that process. And for me, again, it's about connecting back to myself, yeah. you know, connecting back to myself and uh, allowing myself to be me. 
you know, as much as possible. And with writing, I can do that much easier because it's, it's, it's a filter. It can kind of totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Susie, we're really aligned um, in a lot of ways. So I'm excited for us to keep in touch and have more conversations about this, but I'm so glad that we had this conversation. You know, you have a great product and I really want to shed awareness for that. Um, but even more so, I wanted people to get to know you and understand the mission behind it. And, you know, I'm even learning as I'm getting to know you and learning more today about all, you know, the energy and the philosophy behind your product. And it's truly amazing. I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. So um, I'm wishing you lots of continued success. And uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about these delicious pretzels and the work that you're doing? Where can they find you? Saver by Susie. So S-A-V-O-R, Saver by Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. And you'll find us there. Dot com, I presume? Yes, dot com. Okay. Yep. Okay. Saver, oh, and or on Instagram, uh, social media, we're the same thing, Saver by Susie. Saver so, by Susie. Yep. Okay, easy enough. All right, well, thank you so much for being here and thank you everyone for listening today. This was a great, great informative conversation and I'll be back next week with another episode. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Carol. Hello friends, it's Carol Perlman coming on to say hello and thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes as much as I've enjoyed creating them for you. I wanted to make sure you knew about a special program that is currently being offered on my website. If you go to www.healthy4lifebycarolperlman.com, you'll see more information about my current time management classes. If you follow me on social media, if you listen to my podcast, you know that I believe time management is behind almost every single one of your goals. And the more you can perfect your skills in time management, the more successful you're going to be in reaching your goals. I have created what I believe is a really outstanding class. I've been studying time management for years. I've been perfecting my own system and I've been teaching others for almost 15 years now. I created an online course, a 21-day habit formation course that is now available to you. They, quote unquote, they say it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And I find that that is often time the case. So go look on the website, healthy for life by carolperlman.com. And you will see current offerings. I have several different time management classes for specific audiences. But the general one is just it's about time, time management class. You'll see all the details there. You'll see the upcoming start date. And there's always the opportunity to buy the workbook and complete the course as a self-paced course and take it at your own speed. It's one exercise a day. All you need to commit is 10, maybe 15 minutes a day. Step by step, you will create new habits that last a lifetime for better time management. Check it out. And I hope to see you in one of the classes. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you love today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.